Hey guys, I'm Jerry. And I'm Tracy. And we are Hillbilly, Hillbilly Horror, Horror Stories. Stories. I'm Justin. And I'm Jay. And we are Cryptids, Cryptids of, of the, the Corn Podcast. Podcast. We are excited to be doing a live event with Hillbilly Horror Stories at Post Town Elementary, a school located in Middletown, Ohio, in the Cincinnati Dayton area. Post Town has been known as one of the most haunted schools in the world for decades now. In fact, their slogan is, when you leave here, you believe. The event is Saturday, April 22nd from 6 p.m. till 10 p.m. inside the haunted school. Wait, we're going to be in a haunted school at night? Uh, yeah, that's our best chance of seeing ghosts. But there's only 50 tickets available and priced at only $30. They're going to go fast. Your tickets get you to a live podcast by both Hillbilly Horror Stories and Crimson of the Corn as well as the ability to roam around one of the most haunted locations in Ohio. So get your tickets today at hillbillyhorrorstories.com. There'd be a lot of poop in my hands. <laughs> <laughs> seen a six-foot alligator go swinging through the air and slam into a tree. These guys are the scientists of the supernatural, lecturers leaving lessons for inquiring laymen, they are applying the scientific method to a world that baffles science. They are the cryptids of the corn. But who else has big black wings and red eyes? Um, Batman. Oh, Mothman. Oh yeah, Mothman. A great white shark was stolen. Oh, someone stole a shark? I got stuff for you you don't even know about. She's a witch. She turned me into a newt. Who knows? Anything could be possible. Anything could be possible. It's really big. Mm -hmm. Abduction vibes. Holy moly. It sounds like you were abducted. And it just stood up. I mean, it just like kept going and going. And she goes, what the... Hello, hello, and welcome back to Cryptids of the Corn podcast. I am the great and powerful mystery. And I am your corn cult leader, Jay. And together, we're joining to make an amazing, fun episode. I'm sorry this is your guys' first intro to our, our show ever, because this is weird. It's a weird intro. <laughs> what do you mean? It's just like, I'm just yelling, I am the great... Oh, yeah. Like, and you lead a cult, like, what the hell is that about? <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like, um, listen yeah, to welcome. older episodes. Welcome. If this is your first episode, welcome. If it's not your first episode, welcome. Yeah. We appreciate all of you. We accept everyone in our cult. Uh, yeah. And before we get to today's topic, if you're new here, because we haven't done a if you're new here thing in probably a year, because I haven't thought about it. It's been a minute. Uh, we do at the top of the episode, we do reviews, Patreon, and we just do some basic front of house stuff, and then we get to the topic. Right? Correct. I'm like, you're not saying nothing. You're just looking. No, I was just waiting. For, yeah. Uh, once again, we have Encounter Quest coming up. We are speakers. Uh, we're talking about the Arkansas Giant Killer Centipede. Yep. Our debut speaking yep. day. <laughs> April 1st, North Carolina, Hamlet. Hamlet, North Carolina. Come see us. It's going to be a ball. April 1st, Encounter Quest. Next thing is uh, YouTube. We're starting to do a lot more stuff on YouTube, the YouTube Live exclusive stuff. So please uh, look on the Facebook page, the Instagram, that kind of stuff if you want to see that kind of thing. Uh, we're having guests and stuff on. So what we're mostly doing with that is like a lot of these guests have really cool pictures and stuff like that that just don't translate to the podcasting world. Okay. So we're using the YouTube for that. Gotcha. Okay. Um, but yeah, just keep an eye out for that. 
And then I guess I can counter quest. If you're coming to a show, let us know. I try to learn everybody's faces as much as possible. We like meeting our friends. Yes. Friends, fans, family, whatever. We don't have fans. We have friends. Yes. Uh, but yeah, so if, you, <laughs> if you're coming to a show, let us know. We just try to we l- try to learn your face. So when we see you, you can be like, hey. Yeah. Like, it doesn't always work. Right. Exactly. Especially, but for the most part, yeah. Especially if you catfish us. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Anyways, uh, we prefer real catfish. If you have something you'd like to be on the show about or like you're promoting something or something, the best way to contact us is through email. We are no longer scheduling through Instagram or Facebook or anything like that. It just got too difficult. That's pretty much the front of house stuff, but we're going to get to new reviews. Yep. New reviews on our uh, like Apple Podcasts Apple is pretty pod- much the only place I can get to the reviews. Yes. Uh, and this is only five-star reviews. So we'll read all of our five-star reviews no matter how goofy they are. Well, read them. Uh, and then, by the way, if you don't want to leave a comment review, we would still greatly appreciate if you leave us five stars. Mm-hmm. There's about, you know, 10,000 of you guys listening on the average week. So if you all could hit that five-star review, it pushes us up towards the top and helps us get more listeners. And more, we graciously appreciate that. More friends in the cult. More friends in the cult. First review, Seeking Souls 33. Five out of five, Floating Mushroom. They say, such a fun podcast. Love the banner, the science, and the theories. The floating mushroom is now my new favorite theory. As above, so below. Ha ha. Ha so true. Floating mushroom is our joint show with Sean and Chris from Kill the Mockingbirds podcast. Sean and Chris? Sean, Chris, and Joel. Sorry. I was like, Sean I don't know and Chris. Why. I'm like, who's Chris? Yeah, I know. Well, Sean's I know. name. He has two first names, and I always want to call him by I, his last name. Yeah. And every time, I don't know. It's just funny. Next review is Appalachian Musician. And he says, love this podcast in this episode. And I'll tell you what episode he's talking about here in a second. Uh, hey, all you, or hey, you all. Great episode. I grew up in Hellier and loved the series on Netflix. Grew up hearing about tales and legends. I wrote a song called The Witch of Graveyard Holler. Take, uh, talking about one of those legends. Keep up the great work. So I think he commented on that same episode, The Floating Mushroom. Oh, okay. Uh, but yeah, check he, out his song. He's an Appalachian musician? Yep. Sweet. And he actually emailed us his song, too. It's pretty good. Everybody go check it out. Does he play the spoons? Don't know. Don't know. Mm. Didn't ask. Seems like an Appalachian instrument. All right. So, Jay, welcome our new Patreon members. Okay, so we have two new Patreon members that decided to join us on our journey. The first one is Cryptid Inspector 89. And that is Dustin. Hi, Dustin. Oh, hi, Dustin. He's the fire, fire, or the fire hydrant inspector. inspector. Welcome, Dustin. We're glad to have you part of our group here. And then our second one, I hope I'm saying this right, it's Cleeter Cruel. Cleeter Cruel with two Ks. Thank you, Cleeter Cruel. Yeah. And once again, if we're saying your name wrong, just email us. Yeah, Tell email us. us. We'll, we'll fix it on the next one. Send us an angry message. An angry message. Yes. Write us a letter. All right. You ready to get into the topic at hand? What is the topic today? Bigfoot. And the UFO connection. Mm, now we've danced around this quite was, yeah. many times, especially going back to like when we did a long time ago, Bigfoot and the Paranormal season one. It was, wasn't it? Before we time. even thought we were going to do seasons. Yeah, a long time ago. <laughs> we just kept numbering episodes, and we hit fifty. And we're like, ah, we That's should do lot. something about this. Yeah. Uh, but no, so yeah, it's definitely it's one that I don't know how I feel about it, and it gets reported quite a bit. The connection between the two? Yeah. Okay. And I have a series of stories. Uh, basically, for this one, I just pulled Mysterious Universe. We use their stuff all the time. They're, I mean, they great website for this kind of stuff. But we pulled some stories off of theirs, and then we're going to talk about our theories of what could be causing this. But a general overview of this theory 
is Bigfoot and UFOs are often seen in vicinity of each other, whether the Bigfoot is seen before the UFO, vice versa, or at the same time. They are often seen coming out of UFOs, going into UFOs, or being tracked by UFOs. Mm. I have one story that kind of, it's kind of hard to tell which one's happening. Okay. Uh, They are often skinnier and having red eyes. Mm. So when I say they're often skinnier, they're the, often skinnier than our typical Sasquatch that's right. reported. Right. Uh, so like the one I encountered was a very hefty young fella. Not skinny. Not skinny. Bulky. Uh, he was about four and a half foot wide at the shoulder. These things generally seem to be like the same height, but a lot skinnier. Mm-hmm. And I think that's freakier. A little bit. Like, because it's like, why? <laughs> yeah, that's the only reason, yeah. Uh, having so they also know to have psychic phenomena in these encounters. So whether that's the Sasquatch talking to people, or something else talking to people, but there's always not always. There's sometimes these weird like connections with psychic phenomena. Okay. So like mind speak and stuff like that that gets associated with Sasquatch and aliens. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, what do you think about that kind of that general overview? Well, um, it just. It kind of separates that part between, uh, you know, Sasquatch being that biological being and that paranormal being that's, you know, seems to be both camps in this world. But it it definitely is either, I don't think it draws a connection between the two, but it's just showing you that there's something else going on in this whole realm of things. We've talked that line a lot. That is probably the biggest line in the Bigfoot community. Yeah. Is, and... Whether Bigfoot's a flesh and blood creature or it's a supernatural being, and I'm going to lump the the UFO. You know, it would be a supernatural being. Yeah. Whether it's or somehow, I mean, maybe there's another one that's a combination of both. That's like, what. I, yeah. So it's we. It's, it's it's hard to break this down. Is the, but this is the the probably biggest fighting topic for the Bigfoot community. Yeah. Like, and it's fine. We don't argue about anything. Like, argue at argue. Right. We're we not discuss the roads. Yeah, we'll discuss this. But me and you over the years have come up. To roughly the same understanding that there's just at least two different types of Bigfoot. Just something else. Go- something's going on. There. There's a there's yeah. something extra that I, I mine I fully believe was flesh and blood. Right. It was scared of a firearm. It you know it ate food. It was very animalistic. As in that we are animalistic. Yeah. It had animalistic needs. Tendencies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I have people that we've talked to on the show. Uh, not on on the show, but with through the show and stuff like right. that, that have had supernatural Sasquatch encounters. And I believe them 100%. Right, yeah. I just don't think it was the thing I seen. Yeah, I like, there's definitely two separate things going on, especially with the things with red eyes and things that's the, not with red that's eyes. That's the big draw for me, too. Yeah. That it's like, that. that's, and that's eye re- shine, not eye reflection. Like the eyes actually glowing. Right, yeah. Not reflecting light back. Right. Reflecting light back is fine. Uh, to have red because a lot of animals have red reflections yeah. mm-hmm. and that's all that means is that it's reflected in the blood off the back of their eyes right and that's the light that's coming through uh red the eyes just sitting there glowing red in the dark yeah screw that yeah are you ready for the first encounter we have for you yeah one very odd account that was supposedly actually investigated by caa's project blue book ufo mission allegedly occurred in 1966 at Pesquite Island State Park along Pesquite Island Bay on Lake Erie. And this is in Pennsylvania. Okay. Pesquite, I think that's right. Pesquite, Pesquite. I'm not really quite sure. Somewhere in there. But uh, Lake Erie has all these, like, like uh, the Pier Marquette is in Michigan. That's actually Lake Michigan. But it's not spelled like the Pier Marquette. 
Oh, okay. But it's pronounced Pierre Marquette. Kind of, yeah, like uh, Sault Saint Marie. Yeah, half the letters are left out. Like you don't, you don't pronounce. <laughs> it. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, then why do you put him in there? Native thing, maybe. Uh, well, we killed him also. Well, I don't know why you left the language. You know, it was a throwback, <laughs> callback. Remem- to help remember. Do you remember the twenty fifth night of December? At Christmas? Yeah, <laughs> I do remember. So on the evening of July 31st, 1966, some visiting tourists were driving down the beach where when their car or when their car got stuck in the sand and one of them got out to go get a tow truck. So they had to walk. Remember, this is 1966. Okay. And if you're new to the show, I'm a very bad reader, but so are we both. So just stick with us. Right. Yeah. A, a passing police car stopped by to help them. They came back a little later to check on them. So basically this cop car kind of stops. It's like, okay, what's happening? And they're like, well... Todd went to get a tow truck. And they're like, okay, do you need any help right now? No, not really. There's nothing really you can do. We don't, you know, Todd's walking. So, like, okay, you know, I, I'm assuming they drove down kind of looking for Todd, didn't find him. So they were going to come back later just to make sure they were still okay. Gotcha. Okay. This is a group of people. It's not just leaving, you know, one or two people on the side of the road right. abandoned. It's a, it's a fairly large group of people stuck in the sand at the beach. So that they're just enjoying their night kind of in this situation. Because when I first read it, that was weird to me. It's odd, yeah. yeah like the cops just left him there. Like, oh no, it's they were kind of there enjoying the beach anyway. So. Yeah. Uh, sh- I gotta find passing police car stopped, and they came back a little later to check on them. And that was when the four tourists and the two police officers all witnessed a strange light over a patch of nearby forest. The policeman and one of the groups uh, and one of the men from the group named Douglas Tibets went to check out, and the others waited behind. Things would get very strange from here. So right mm-hmm. now, the two cops and one of the guys are going to check on this weird light that's hovered over the woods. Yeah. Um, the investigation group would only have walked a few hundred yards when they could hear the car horn honking wildly. When Tibet's and the other two on the Tibet's and the two officers got there, they were uh, they were very agitated. Or the others were very agitated and scared. They would claim that they had seen what was described as a bulk black shape. Bigger than a man, big head, right on some shoulders, arm-like appendages with no visible hands, no visible face, as though it was had its back turned to them. Hmm. The creature had appeared in front of the car to loom over them before moving off into the night in the direction where the mysterious light had been seen. After this, a craft was, or the craft was with blinking orange and red lights had allegedly come down to land on the beach while tracking the figure with a beam of light. The police would go back to investigate and found very strange anomalous triangular indentations in the sand, somewhat collaborating with the women had said that they had seen. Hmm. Okay. So there's two separate crafts in this story. I know it's kind of hard to understand. Yeah. So there's this big thing that's sitting over a patch of woods the cops in Tibet go to look at. Right, the glowing light that yeah. they saw. They okay. get a few hundred yards, They then the car's going nuts. Yeah, because they've seen some black figure show up. Huge. Like shadowy, hulking. hulking black figure, yeah. And then they get back, and they said that another light, another ship with, uh, what was it, blinking orange and red lights, was following the figure with a spotlight. So it wasn't the same craft? Yes, yeah. and okay. then it was not the same craft. Followed down to the beach, landed, and left. Hmm. So we'll get to theories and stuff later because this is kind of one of those ones that it's weird. It's hard. Was it chasing the Bigfoot? Yeah. Was it there to pick up the Bigfoot? Was the Bigfoot telling you, hey, come over here? Was it a Bigfoot even? Yeah. You I, think so? No. I don't know. I don't know. So I'm just saying, you know, yeah. 
for roughly for this story, it's considered a Sasquatch. Gotcha. But it Sasquatch like at least. Right, yeah, that's and that's what we'll get to at the end. I was gonna say it's Sasquatch. Sasquatch like esque. Uh, this would not be the only encounter for this year. From the files of researcher and author Albert uh, Rossell, I'm going to go with Rossell, comes several other occurrences of September of that year. One of these happened near Penn, or Penn Township in Pennsylvania, where three women were driving along through the wooded area, passing by a massive rectangular object that appeared to be metallic and was resting upon the ground. It was such an odd sight that they had stopped the car to see what the thing was. And when this instant, or in that instant, a ramp descended from the craft. As the woman looked on in awe, three seven-foot-tall, hairy, ape-like creatures reportedly came barreling out of the craft down the ramp and running off into the woods. So I have more of the same, like the same month. It's really weird. That is very weird. So, and then it's like, uh, so it's hmm. it's just weird. Hmm. Then. We're going to jump to 1973, and there's a bunch of 1973 okay, in the same area. So this is all like in the same area? Around Lake Erie for this little this little time frame. Yeah. And then we, it's it's just super weird. So this this story, this this craft is just sitting in the field. These women are immediately not like scared of it. They're just like, huh. That's, that's odd. odd. And they pull over to look at it. Yeah. This ramp starts coming down. Three essentially Sasquatch-like things run out the ramp. They run out the craft and go in all different directions of the forest. Hmm. Hmm. Almost like they're scouts or they're released. What? You always do this. Well, I'm, I'm just, just a good storyteller, I guess. Well, what do you, what do you want me to do? No, go ahead. <laughs> I just like it because it's literally, yeah. that's like that's like number two and number three on my what could these things oh, be. Oh, gotcha. Well, I mean, it's... But no, it's definitely, it seems like they... Or that the craft had taken several Sasquatch, and they took the opportunity to escape when they could. Right, yeah. It was like, doors open, let's go. Let's go. Yeah. Or it's like a Fortnite. They're all hopping out that bus. Oh, they're in their, that's their spawn point. Yeah, I don't know nothing about Fortnite. I, yeah, I, don't, I haven't played in a long time, but it makes sense. The bus came down and landed. Boom, they're out. Let's they're go out. search for the other guys. But Take them out with machine just guns. really weird. And nobody ever says directly this is a Sasquatch. Literally, their description is three, seven-foot-tall, hairy, ape-like creatures. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty much described as Sasquatch. I know, but it's not exactly Sasquatch. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, nobody says it's Bigfoot. Nobody says it's Sasquatch. Mm-hmm. And later on, a lot of these witnesses kind of say it was Bigfoot-like, but they didn't think it was Bigfoot. Gotcha, okay. So it's kind of a hard-lined, you know, very ape-like. Yeah, but, I mean, how tall are apes? Seven foot? No. I didn't think so. But it just is weird. Yeah. And we'll talk about a whole separate episode eventually in South America where these violent five-foot ape-like creatures were hopping out of spaceships and taking soil samples. And anytime people would see them, they would these little apes would literally try to murder them. Jesus! And you could fight you could fight them off and stuff like that, and they'd run back to the ship. Yeah, almost like dogs. Yeah, it was like they it was weird. Like they had a purpose; they were doing a job, but like they had really bad prey drive. Yeah, so I don't know if anybody's ever worked with a dog like that, where it can be the best dog, but when there's a prey animal, they taking off and yeah. getting it. Yeah. So just weird. What do you think so far? Um. Well, I mean. Was that three accounts now? Fairly similar. Yeah, it's and they're sort of. They're all kind of like on that same vein. Yeah, like could be Sasquatch 
could not be, but still, a ship, a seven-foot-like, either dark, hairy-esque, hulking creature all showed up. Um, and I guess the first one had the red eyes, right? Is that what they said? The first one? No, none of these have had red eyes Oh, so no, no, no. Oh, we just mentioned red eyes. Yeah. Okay. okay, but still. I don't know if any of the ones I picked had red eyes, just to be honest. Gotcha. Okay. Full disclosure. That's <laughs> We're going to talk about Chestnut Ridge, uh, like... That's going to be its whole episode, but that's where the red eyes kind of come from. And that's probably the most famous. Yeah, it's its whole episode. It, so if you're waiting for the chestnut ridge in this episode, it's not coming. It's not coming. So let's just, just so get that know. out of the way real quick. You can click off the episode right now. Yeah. Please don't, but <laughs> yeah, that's what you're here for, I'm sorry. This ain't this one. This is just all the other, or not others. There's tons just, of these weird little one-offs. Yeah. Yeah, but, um, yeah, I mean, so far, I don't know. I mean... With the connection of them all, I mean, it's it's pretty interesting because you know, when anyone that's not into like the Bigfoot but they know it exists, they don't really associate the two things being together. Exactly. At all, and, I never did growing up. Right, me either. And the more you kind of like dig in, it's like, oh, okay, this is an odd connect. Two things that shouldn't be connected. They're in the same like kind of world. When you talk about UFO, paranormal things, and Bigfoot, like cryptid things, it's the same realm and world, but. You don't actually get too many stories where they're together or coexisting until you actually are. Until you dig into it and you realize, oh, what happens? More often than you realize. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah. none, none of the thing in this field is common. Mm-hmm. But as far as you, if you type in Bigfoot connected to UFO. Yeah. There's an overlap. There's a lot of articles that are going to pop up. Yeah. And they're probably buried in the Smithsonian. Those articles are some archive somewhere. It's a whole ship. It's impossible. There's to... a ship with locked with full of big apes that are just going nuts. <laughs> oh gosh! Like a bunch of chimpanzees. These are just bonobos. The freaking spaceship caught bonobos. Yeah. And they're they... they're training them. Well, no, they got out. Yeah. They killed all the aliens in the ship because they captured bonobos. Well, Grays wouldn't be that hard to destroy. I don't think. Because yeah, well, think about it. Grays are really like. Uh, what do you call that? Snooty? So like, oh, we're so good. And then they don't really pay attention to the bonobos and the bonobos get out and beat them to death. Just pull their heads off. Anybody that doesn't know what a bonobo is, look up a video. Do not do it with a kid. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Because it's... No, they, please don't They do have a lot of violence tendencies yes. out of nowhere. All right, let's move on. Yes. September 27th, 1973. Oh. Two girls were playing outside of Beaver County, Pennsylvania. Real quick. I've been to Beaver County, Pennsylvania. Ooh, nice. Okay. I did the fish surveys for Beaver Falls in Beaver County, Pennsylvania. Ooh, okay. So this is That's like... where I got knocked out of the boat by a muskie and electrocuted. Oh, okay. No joke. That's um, How did a muskie knock you out of the boat? So, side story. Uh, when you survey fish, there's a very proper, proper way. So you kind of like do these kind of big loops and push them into cover. Okay. And then you shock them while they're in the cover. Right. Uh, and that's how you get these big fish, like musky, for example. They're really hard to catch out in the open. Yep. So you make them run to hide, mm-hmm. and then you go get them while they're hiding. Yeah. Because that's the only time they're going to sit instead of run. Yeah. Uh, so we pushed it up, and this li- beaver beaver falls has a lot of musky. Okay. So we start seeing musky pop, and musky are really important for the survey. So we start netting musky, but a gigantic musky, like a 50-something incher. Big boy. We, like, there's just a tiny little space between me and the trees. And water on the side of the boat. He jumps up into that, hits me in the side, Ooh. and I go out the other side of the boat. Yeah. The, my, my co-workers are watching that muskie, not looking at what happened to me. So I'm getting fried. 
Oh. As I'm in the water, and they finally kick, they killed the power very quickly. It was very very short. But so they knocked it, the musky actually knocked you out of the boat. Out of the boat. Yeah, it was dang. A giant musky. That was like when I first when I caught my first musky. I was ten, and it. My dad's trying. We never had caught a musky before, so our net was only half the size. Like it did not fit a musky, and so I'm reeling it in, and I, we pro- I fought this thing probably a half an hour at least, and it actually drug me. It was a boat with me, my dad, and my two brothers in it, and it drug our whole boat all the way across the lake to like the bank, and we pinned it up against the bank, and just like you said, mm-hmm. and we pinned it up in there. I don't know how the line didn't snap, so my dad throws the net under it and just scoops it. And just like kind of flipped it up into the boat, tossed this thing, and its tail came around and did like the perfect face smack right across my face, like nailed me. It's flipped, almost knocked me out of the boat, but it didn't. I was just close enough. So musky or musky are big, good at doing that. So once again, September twenty seventh, nineteen seventy three, oh, yeah. two young girls outside of Beaver County, Pennsylvania. They were startled to see an eight foot tall hairy hominoid with glowing eyes run past them into the woods. Mm. According to one witness, it was holding some sort of glowing sphere in its hand. Interesting. Orbs. Orb, yeah. Uh, one of the girls' fathers went to investigate and came back visibly frightened, shaken to the core, although he refused to say what had happened to him to this day. Mm. Uh, interestingly enough, though, it would turn out that other locals had seen a silver object shooting a beam down into the woods at approximately the same time as the sighting. So this is a really cool one because the mm. other side of the like it's like a like a Hardin County woods. So yeah. anybody that don't know, this is maybe a four hundred acre woods. So you can see like you can't see the other side of it. But yeah. So this this on this side of it, these girls were playing. They seen this giant guy, hairy, red glowing eyes, run past him holding a glowing orb right. into this woods. The people on the other side of the woods seen a silvery disc ship shoot over to the woods and beam something down into the woods. Hmm. So this is kind of one of those stories that, you know, we love cooperation. Collabor- I can't say that. Cooperation. Yeah. Co- co- cooperating yeah, okay. stories. Yes, yeah. Accounts. Where it's like th- that one side did not know that Bigfoot was seen and the other side did not know a UFO was seen. Right, yeah. But both were seen. Yeah, at the same, approximately the same time. You know, yeah. nobody can say for sure, but. Right, 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 right. Now let's bring it home a little bit. Ooh. The following month, a well or a well-known such report occurred in the night of October twenty-first, nineteen seventy-three, when Miss Reefa Hatfield. Mm. I think it's Reefa. We'll go with Hat. It's the last name's Hatfield. Miss Hatfield. Miss, Miss Hatfield. It, and her thirteen-year-old son were sleeping in their trailer in Cincinnati, Ohio. Uh, when uh, when Hatfield woke up in the middle of the night to get a glass of water, she claimed to saw or to see a series of unexplainable lights in the parking lot. Uh, one of which being a cone shaped construction of lights so she's literally like, literally seen a bunch of lights stacked on top of each other like a cone i almost imagine a christmas tree yeah that's in cool. my head that's yeah. uh, no tree but you know take the lights just the shape yeah yeah uh when she peered outside to see what the lights were she reportedly saw a huge ape-like beast with grayish hair covering its body and it entered the lights before uh before it and a ufo shot off into the night so she's thinking that this light cone is a UFO. Mm, okay. So it literally, he kind of gets absorbed by this cone of lights mm-hmm. and shoots up into the sky. In that same year, there were there was a report of a group of farmers in Fayette County, Pennsylvania, who had claimed to see uh, seen a huge UFO over a hundred feet in diameter, next to which were standing two hairy ape-like creatures with arms that were dangling past their knees with glowing green eyes. One of the farmers promptly fired at them with a rifle, after which one of them raised its arm and the UFO shot off into the sky. The two hawking beasts remained 
uh, appeased by the men or appraised by the men for a moment and then ran off into the forest. Hmm. Okay. So the ship took off and then the the Bigfoot took off into the woods. Woods. Okay. So we have two stories here. We have the Ohio one. So this lady's in her trailer. She gets up to see a glass of water. A bunch of weird lights in the parking lot. Yeah. Not just this cone of lights. Yeah, but she assumes it's a UFO after after the fact. Right. This Bigfoot is literally like standing outside their window. Like Just kind of turns in. Kind of like the Willard, uh, was that the Willard UFO yes. episode where the thing was looking in the window? Yes. And that's okay. another Bigfoot UFO connection. Yeah. Cause, uh, but that one was only five foot tall. Yeah. Uh, and he kept saying the, what did he say, a gorilla? The other boy kept calling it a gorilla or a chimp. Something was looking like in the window at him. Like a chimp kept yeah. taking my brother in the middle of the night. Yeah. Anyways, uh, so then he turned and got absorbed by this cone of lights and shot up under the sky. This next one, it, you know, in Pennsylvania again, one more Chestnut Ridge is in Pennsylvania. Appalachia is weird. A lot of things in Pennsylvania with uh, us. So they see this gigantic UFO, two basically Bigfoot-like creatures below. They shoot at one of them, and I don't know what that means. That means they shot at it intending to hit it. Or just shot. Shot as like a warning shot. Yeah. The Bigfoots look at them. One of them raises their hand. UFO takes off. They just stare at these guys, and then they walk off into the woods. Hmm. That's kind of weird. And the glowing green eyes. I wonder if it's like the chartreuse color, kind of what you saw. That's what I'm going to assume. Yeah. Because we've never heard, like, straight up green. I think when most people say green, they mean chartreuse. Yeah. Which, if you don't know what chartreuse is, it's green. Yeah. I know what, it's yeah. green and yellow. It's a yellow green. It's a very, uh, what's the word, intense green yellow. I don't know how else to describe it. It's chartreuse. It's, chartreuse. it's chartreuse. neon green. Yeah. It's yeah. like a neon green. Fishing yeah. lures are mostly, like, a lot yellow, of fishing lures yeah. are chartreuse. It's one of my favorite. Chartreuse and purple combo. Mm. So, you ready for some more? Yeah. I mean, so far, these are... Very weird and interesting, and not like what you'd expect from your typical Bigfoot story. And they're all pretty short. There's some longer ones like Chestnut Ridge and stuff like that. Yeah. But these are just kind of painting you the picture of this phenomenon. Yeah, and it's getting thoughts in my head what it could be. Yeah, there you go. Just as Herring was a report that came a few days later, this time in Fayette County, Pennsylvania. Uh, on this occasion, some farmers witnessed a dome shaped UFO estimated being around 100 feet in diameter over a road as they drove along. As they approached, uh, they clicked to have seen two gigantic creatures with thick, covered hair, luminous green eyes. Did I already read this one? Yes. Ah. I was like, this sounds familiar. The 100-foot diameter, very similar shape. Yeah. Okay, it's the following year. In December of 1974, uh, there was a well-known case of a dairy farmer, William Boskin, who was driving home from Frederick, Wisconsin. There you go, Wisconsin. We know some people up there. Yeah, they're okay. Mounds suck, though. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sorry, you made me laugh. When he near, <laughs> when he nearly crashed. Sorry, I got to. Now you're making me laugh because we're picking on Nick and Jake from America's Scary Land. <laughs> so a dairy farmer, William Boskins, who was driving home from Frederick, Wisconsin, when he nearly crashed right into a huge spherical UFO sitting in the middle of the road. The bottom of the craft was enveloped by a thick mist, and sitting within a glass dome at the, uh, at the top of the craft was a hairy ape-like creature with reddish-brown hair and pointed ears. Hmm, okay, that's weird. Pointed ears, Wisconsin. Oh, wait, okay. Ooh. I think I know what you're hinting at. Do you? Maybe. Uh, seemingly out, or seemingly working, or working or manning the controls. The craft, it was then... Uh, in its uh, the craft and its bizarre pilot then blasted off into the night to disappear. So that's a whole like there's a lot more to that case. Yeah, that's kind of the snippet. Okay. So they see this this craft sitting in the middle of the road. He yeah. first he doesn't see it and that's kind of weird to me. Like he almost crashes into this thing. Yeah. 
1974, he doesn't have a cell phone, nothing like that. Like, he's not, like, not paying attention to the road. Right, yeah. <laughs> Sending text messages while he's driving. And then he slams with the brakes, and there's this gigantic uh, dome-like craft. The bottom of it's covered in mist. He sees this creature, ape-like with pointed ears. Uh, in the dome on top. And it's trying, in my head, it's trying to react. Like, it's trying to use the controls really quick to get out of there. Yeah. It's having a, it's having some trouble. So that points to me that he may not be the one that's normally running the controls. Mm. Okay. Just in my head, because it's like, UFOs move pretty quick. Yeah. And if you're struggling this hard to get up out of the road, yeah, you may be having some issues. Hitting that, the wrong button. Yeah. It's like Emily driving. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Oh, no. He would have been out of there like... Oh, no. That's why he crashed, at the the, speed he of crashed light. into the road. Oh, okay. Okay. Makes sense. I was like, yeah. It, it, road came out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah. This planet came out of nowhere. Yeah. I, he wasn't there. I don't know. We're picking on Emily. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's just another weird one. I was hitting at the it's kind of Dogman esque. Okay. Wisconsin got a lot of Dogman. Okay. Ape like with the big pointed ears. Yeah. As far as he could see. Because Bigfoot, no one when they mention Bigfoot, never really talks about ears. Almost no way. No one was yeah. never. Yeah. They can't see their ears because their hair. Is right. What most people think, and I, I kind of tend to agree. Uh, depending on what kind of primate you are, most primates have very small ears. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think. Uh. You want to hear something weird about ears? Yeah. I love ear facts. Sloths have ears that look just like humans. Really? Just buried in their fur. Really? And it freaks people out when they see them. Huh. I'd like to see that sometime. No, you wouldn't. It'll turn your stomach. Turn Why? It looks like a human ear like slapped onto the side of a sloth. Like it, it's There's something in your brain that's like, I don't like this. Do not look it up right now. I'm doing it. I can't help it. You piqued my interest now. we got to go on to the next report. Okay, I'm listening. Another very report came from 1989, so we jumped forward in some years. Okay. This one was uh, filed by Albert A. Rossl, again, uh, who allegedly happened in, or allegedly happened in Timomac, Oregon. On the evening of September 27th, a woman was awoken by her daughter telling her that something was strange was happening outside. The woman went to go investigate, and was I was probably not prepared for how strange it would be uh, how how strange it really would be outside. Uh, when she went out there, she saw a silver disc hovering over the ground, shaped like an inverted toy top, which is, some of our younger listeners may not know. What a top is? Yeah. That is true. Ain't that weird? Uh, for our 90s babies, it's a Beyblade. Okay, there you go. It's an inverted Beyblade. Okay, Beyblade. Let her rip. Yeah. Sorry, I got distracted by Beyblade. So silver disc covered on the ground, straight like an inverted toy top, and was nearly transparent surface. And it was a very weird report continues. As a woman approaches within 30 feet, a doorway opened, revealing a human-like being of average height with blonde hair, fair skin, and blue eyes, Ooh. dressed in silver coveralls. So this is the... Uh, Pleiadian. The Pleiadian or, or the Nordic. Nordics, yeah. At the window next to the door was a Bigfoot-like creature seemingly seated invisible, uh, invisible from the chest up. For the next few minutes, the woman stated that the two gaining the impression that the human was attempting to unsuccessfully to communicate, and the vehicle was uh, the vehicle and the beings vanished instantly, without acceleration beyond view or range. Mm. The woman is a psychic and claims to have periodic encounters with UFOs and Bigfoot creatures through her life. So this is a weird one. Yeah, very. Like so, she sees this this Pleiadian, let's say, and a Bigfoot that's strapped into a seat. But the top half is like invisible. No, no, no. She can only see the top half because the way the craft is. Oh, the top half. She's looking is into visible. the UFO. Gotcha. UFO. Okay. 
And the Pleiadian's standing at the doorway. She yeah. looks past the Pleiadian and sees a Bigfoot hmm. strapped into a seat. Yeah. And who's to say the Bigfoot's willing or not? Right, yeah. And well, she gets yeah. the impression that they're trying to communicate with her unsuccessfully. And I guess they get frustrated and the ship just kind of disappears, blinks hmm. out of existence. Hmm. But the, the author is wants you to definitely know that this lady is a claimed psychic and claims that she has periodic encounters with UFOs and Bigfoot through her life. So uh, what are you trying to... Nothing. It just, okay. It's your own... In- that's extra information for you to do with as you please. Gotcha. Okay. If you put stock in psychics and stuff like that, then that's more credit to you because they would be more open to it. Right. Yep. If you don't, that may be discrediting to the story. Okay. I understand. So it doesn't matter to me. Gotcha. I really... It has no effect on my bearing of the story. It's just part of the details. Mm-hmm. The piece of the puzzle. But, you know, it's like... It's, for me, it's harder to believe a story... If the person is constantly having Bigfoot encounters. Yeah. Not saying it doesn't happen, because there's people I know that I believe that they have had many a Bigfoot encounter through their life. Mm-hmm. It just, I look at the story with a little more scrutiny. Okay. When you are saying you're constantly having Bigfoot encounters through your life. Yeah. I mean, I'm, the only thing I can think of is if psychics or mediums or people like that, because I, I believe they exist. But I also believe there's a lot of frauds. I think there's out there. a lot of frauds. Is yeah. the problem. And but I do believe it. It does actually exist because I know there's people. Well, like you've had experience with people who can just feel things. Like they know, they can feel certain get, things. Yeah. Like yeah. things are might be hidden. There's stuff like that that does exist. Like hidden in the it's walls. Just, maybe most you know? people are able to read people. Yeah. And that's how they make their money. Right. Oh they, yeah. They for know sure. what you need to hear. What was that one dude? Uh, the guy on TV that is it? John's not John's. Uh, Oh, it was that famous psychic his, guy. I cannot think of his name, but his blooper reels are the best. Yeah? Oh, I've never seen it. Uh, what was he, his name? He sues people on YouTube to take him down. Yeah. But literally, he is he only bats like 500. Really? But he has the best marketing team. Oh, for sure. I mean, it's making but money. there's people or, that secretly record mm-hmm. when he messes up, and he's like, ah, I'm getting a J name from you. I'm getting a J name. And yeah. Like, do you have anybody named Jimmy Justin J? And, nope. No, a Gerald, an uncle, a grandpa. Yeah. Nope. No, a mom, and it's like no. He's like, why are you here? And he's like, uh, my wife made me come. Yeah. And he's like, I think you're lying to me. I almost want to say John Stewart. It's not it's John, not John Stewart. Stewart. That's the guy. Anyway, let's move yeah. on. Yeah. Another baffling encounter from Albert. And Albert does. He's the main investigator on a lot of these. If you okay. can't tell. Seemingly is or seemingly concerned. Harry hominoid that was an actual or that can actually levitate. The incident allegedly happened in January of 1997. The remote wilderness of. Oh boy! It's in the Ural Mountains of Russia. Oh, okay. I will try to pronounce yeah. this name N- for uh, one time. Okay, one time. Sela Baskerik. Oh, okay. Yeah, I know right where that is now. That kind of sounds Russian. Sela Baskerik. Yeah, you just got to say it like, okay. I don't know, never mind. Here lodged within the dense trees was a military radar outpost. And in the early morning uh, hour, in the early morning hours, one of the soldiers stationed there was collecting firewood on a cold, clear day. Uh, it was supposedly a lot of snow on the ground in that morning, but the clear trail led to a pre-prepared pile of firewood on site. As the soldier began to gather the wood, he noticed that something very peculiar in the form of two hulking hairy hominoids covered in dirty reddish hair standing there uh, within the fence's perimeters. One of these gigantic seven and a half foot tall creatures, and the other one was much shorter, just under six foot. 
and the witness would later speculate that they had likely appeared in the installation drawn to the smell of breakfast cooking mm. in the nearby camp. This odd, the odd report continues. The soldier through or the soldier thought that the taller entity was the female, and the second one was probably her child. Both entities had or had penetrated inside the perimeter of the unit, uh, which possibly attracted by the smell in the kitchen area. The witness was carrying an axe, and for some strange reason, was not afraid, only curious of these creatures. And he walked towards them and the creature in an, an attempt to obtain a better look, and amazingly, he wasn't able to approach the pair at all, since both constantly seemed to move ahead of him. So, like, he's trying to walk towards them, and they're const—they're not moving, but they're moving back. Okay. So they're not taking steps. They're not walking. They're not actively moving their body, but their physical not, form. But he's not gaining. He's not any getting distance. closer to them. Yeah. And this is so. The last story had some psychic phenomena. This one has some psychic phenomena. Like he's yeah. got this weird feeling of like curiosity and wants to get closer. Draw. Ooh, it might be a lure. Ooh. Yeah. I mean, so amazingly, like I said, he was not able to approach the pair since they were constantly seeming to be moving ahead of him. He couldn't make up any ground between them. And so he increased his pace. But at the same time, the entities increased their movements quickly away from him. Mm. Finally, moving faster and faster, the entities jumped into the air. And uh, the witness claimed that he th- they kind of phased through the perimeter fence. It was just, yeah. But amazingly, he saw both of the hairy hominoids simply zoom into the air and levitate over the fence. So they, they were going to hit the fence. And instead of hitting the fence, they it just shot up. up. Yeah, that's pretty awesome, actually. Uh, and then they just disappeared into the uh, forest around the military installation. Mm. The witness had stopped his pursuit, returned back to the fence, and saw that the two tracks of the footprints, which were uh, fallen on the snow, the layer of snow was thick and strong. Evidence of, of it, ev- evidently, the tall hairy hominoids were very heavy. However, the footprints seemed to become dimmer and less deep the nearer they got to the camp. Okay. So, like, they were walking up. And they started getting less and less and less. And then when like, he was chasing them, they were floating. Yeah, that's that's kind of strange. It's like halfway between physical and non-physical. Because, mm-hmm. you know, unless they can have the ability to f- actually levitate or anti-gravity. I hate that word. But that that's, su- that's supernatural to me. It's definitely weird. Yeah. So that was, the, I, that was the one I messed up the most with with reading. But I'm going to blame it as Russian. Russian. Even though I was reading in English, I'm going to blame it was Russian. <laughs> it's it's Russian that, story. that first nickname, that first uh, name, threw that, me off. That is kind of crazy, though. You know, being in Russia, it's the same similar type of experience or accounts that we're having here in Pennsylvania and Ohio. Like, it's, it's that is weird. So it's worldwide phenomena now, and it's similar. So whatever this is, it's you know, they got to be closely related or something. You know, one or the other. It's. There's a connection there I'm, Something, yeah. that's worldwide. So I'm just going to cover this one lightly because this is a very old story. But uh, James C., a man named James C. Wyatt of Memphis, Tennessee, uh, he got a copy of Wyatt's great-grandfather's journal from 1888. Okay. And I'm just going to paraphrase this. This guy's nickname was Crazy Bear. Okay. So he was a big outdoor tough man. And... Uh, he in his journal, he didn't talk to many people. He was kind of an out like a like a woodsman. You're right. Uh, but he just one of these random days in his journal talked about a story of seeing two Sasquatch like creatures and he kind of followed them through the woods and they basically went into what he kept calling a little moon. Okay. So this little moon was on the ground. Yeah. They got into it and it took off. 
craft. Yeah. And keep in mind, it's 1888. We're yeah. not even in the air yet. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So he just seen this big, I was going to assume a glowing ball. It was like, the only thing I can really think of it looks like that is a moon. Right. And big these, glowing ball in the these sky. These hairy men crawled into the moon. Yeah. That's pretty cool, though. 1888. Yeah, it's, it's a long time ago, but at the same time, it's it's not, not that long ago. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's not hundred and forty years now. Yeah, roughly almost one hundred thirty-five. It's only three generations when you really think about it. Yeah, it's not that, but that's pretty awesome. And I, you know, people like that that keep those journals, like especially back then, I feel are pretty credible. You know what I mean? And so here's the only thing against it. Yeah, is some people think that he may have been writing a short story. Hmm. I don't think so, personally. No, where would you get that inspiration from? I don't know. I mean, you're. If you're I'm a, just saying that is what. If you're a woodsman, yeah. Some I get, people say. Right. Yeah. I'm putting that out there, like the psychic thing. I'm just putting that out there. Yeah. Now, I, I, I don't know. I tend to believe people like that. So now that you've heard me stumble through this reading, mm-hmm. I think I did pretty good today. Yeah, I'm getting have. better all the time. Uh, but we have some people that complain about it, so I'm sorry. Well, you know, it's a disability. Yeah, literally. Uh, this two two episodes in a row, we've mentioned my disability. Really? Oh, yeah. Okay. We had somebody on Facebook say that they couldn't get through 12 minutes due to all the mispronunciations and all the mumbling. <laughs> hey, well, you know what? We're not all perfect here. Yeah. We're professional podcasters, but we're not perfect. Exactly. Nobody's perfect. So what the hell's happening here? What are these creatures? What is... So we've had all these encounters. We've done, I don't know, like eight, eight yeah. encounters-ish. R- roughly. And... We have everything from what seems like the craft is chasing Sasquatch, that the Sasquatch is the pilot of the craft, that Sasquatch is like maybe the dogs of this craft or the workforce. Yeah. I mean, we've seen them with other aliens, other alien type creatures. Yeah. So it's a really weird. All these stories are the same, but very different. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Which is maybe an oxymoron, but. It's true. But they all have that one through-line connection of being a Sasquatch-like creature. Right. A Sasquatch-like and a craft involved. So let's go through some. And Jay's already mentioned several of the uh, proposed explanations through this episode. Right. But even still, my it's ever-growing, my thoughts. (laughs) Let's talk about people having psychotic breaks. Okay. Okay. It's just like that's like... It's when all the paranormal kind of bleeds through. Yeah. See, I, I guess that's something I can't... Or I guess maybe people wanting it too bad, too. Like, you can lean into the psychic side of it, like the... Yeah. And they're experiencing stuff, and... I mean, see, I just guess that's something I can't ever... I can't really relate to too much, because... I don't think it happens. Especially most of these stories... Yeah. ...have more than one witness. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so, weird thing, we're going to do an episode on it. Mass hysteria... Has never once been documented officially. Okay. And it gets brought up all the time. Hmm. What, like a bunch of people By hallucinating the, the same, same thing? The same thing. Mm. Like, literally, other shows have talked about it. Like, uh, there's a, the real big famous UFO encounters up wet, like up in New York and stuff like that. And they're like, oh, it's just mass hysteria. Yeah. It's a big debunking term. Sounds like a... Uh... It has never once been actually documented. So it's like ice quakes. Yes. Oh my gosh! Don't even get me started throw, on ice quakes. Throw back to the blue blue part one episode. They're just an ice quake. Well, what's an ice quake? Oh, we don't know. We never experienced We've one. We've never. But, it, but that's one. Yeah, that's what it is. Anyways, so what are these things? Um. Well, like you said, it's not mass hysteria. I just had to put it. Yeah. On. And psychotic break. I don't know. Like maybe I think the only time, like if it's one person. <sighs> yeah. And they see something already weird. Yeah. 
and because like we're we, we're going to be speakers here at an event soon. Mm-hmm. I think some of the stuff with the Arkansas giant killer centipede may have something to do with this a little bit. We are already experiencing something freaky, so the the episode gets blown into proportion in your brain. Okay, because our brain exaggerates stuff to help you fear it more. It's it's a thing your brain actually does. Mm-hmm. It makes a situation much more scarier than it is because your brain wants you to get out of there faster. Right. The Fight lizard part of your brain. Flight. Flight. Yeah. So it's really it's trying to throw up every signal it can. Right. So maybe that's what's happening a little bit here is you are experiencing either a UFO or a Sasquatch encounter and your brain's reaching at straws to rationalize it. So mm-hmm. it's like, what do we know that's also scary mm-hmm. or that's also paranormal? Right. You know, throw a Bigfoot in it or vice versa. You see a Bigfoot with orbs or lights and you're like, well, what else? Right. Just keeps adding, piling on. So is that something that's happening? And we don't know. Yeah. You know, we can't say yes or no to that thought. Right. Yeah. I personally think it's a very, very low. Small sliver. Yeah. Yeah, because I mean, I've been in not high stress situations, but you know, I've been it's I don't know, it's where I've never hallucinated something to that degree, you know what I mean? To where you're seeing a ship, so for my Bigfoot encounter, yeah, as a kid afterwards, it was um, 10 times more scarier, and I literally had to go back through my brain and kind of unwrap it again, yeah, because your brain will start piling extra stuff, and extra I think that details. happens a lot with Sasquatch encounters. So yeah, maybe the retelling of the story is way. Your brain is just—it was so—it was so scary for the time, yeah, that your brain magnifies it. Yeah, I could see that. So I don't know, but it's just something. It's a thought. Yeah, it's a thought. Could be. What if these craft are trying to actively capture the Sasquatch? See, this is where it gets interesting. And maybe, so maybe planets, let's say these craft are actually aliens. Okay. And we all know how we kind of feel about aliens as in true extraterrestrials from another planet. Just not from this realm. Yeah. They could be interdimensional travelers, whatever. Yeah. But actual creatures from somewhere else. Somewhere else, not here. And what if these areas have special creatures? And by that, I mean, you know, uh, superorganisms. Uh, extent ends of evolutionary biology where these creatures have special abilities. So that would be the ones you really want to research. Mm-hmm. And maybe the Sasquatch is one of those mm-hmm. where they're the end of their biological chain because they have extremely advanced abilities. Right. So maybe that would be the thing worth researching. So you happen to witness, and that's maybe why these people are witnessing a Sasquatch is because it's actively being chased by a UFO. And then it, then it gets caught. Yeah. Like that first story we did. Yeah. Literally the Bigfoot ran in front of the car holding something mm-hmm. and as it took off you know a ufo was following it with a track like a, a big like a uh, spotlight yeah on it so yeah yeah i don't know because and then the little girl in pennsylvania seen the bigfoot walk into the woods with an orb with an orb and yeah the, the other family seen the ufo f- fly over and then beam something down so is there just something special about the sasquatch and i you know we i think we both feel that there is something special about sasquatch absolutely that these extraterrestrials or these interdimensional beings are also extremely interested in yeah yeah could be a possibility yeah i um and i'm not gonna lean i'd say it's possible but i don't think in my personal opinion don't think that's what's going on for sure i so let's we haven't done it for the other two Mm -hmm. we got to do our j percentages oh shoot yeah so what was for mass hysteria 0.3 percent yeah his or hysterical break is that the same thing? Kind oh, mass hysteria. And, okay. Mass hysteria is the group. Yeah, 0.3%. Psychotic break. 0.7%, so very small. And then this one. Bigfoot's <laughs> so special, and they're also interested in researching Bigfoot. I mean, 
I can't rule this one out at all, but I mean, I'm saying it's a small sliver as well, but I don't know, 7%. This one's got a bit more. See, this is this is probably the one out of all of these on my list Yeah. that I have the most trouble with. Yeah. What um, And what for what reason? Because I go back and forth. This is not it. This is probably most of it. Oh, okay. Trouble in that regard. Gotcha. Cause it's so like, it could be, couldn't be. Because you got to remember, these people are also seeing something extremely freaky happening mm-hmm. in front of them. Mm-hmm. I believe most of these encounters. Mm-hmm. So the problem is, is how good is their recollection of the event? Right. Do, like, did the Bigfoot actually go into the craft? Was the craft going for the Bigfoot? You know, vice versa. Yeah, that's the thing. You don't not, you don't know the situation. You yeah. just see, you're witnessing a part of it, but you don't know what the whole scope of the situation is. Exactly. So that's my the hardest part for me for this. Right. This could either be the majority of it or none of it. I and guess that's how my head kind of works. I guess I kind of agree with you there. If the eyewitnesses are 100% accurate, then this is not it. You're right, right. Yeah, but, I don't think that. I, I just don't besides think they're that very first story we did. Yeah, but even then, it could be like not tracking it, but been like, "Hey, come back home!" Like we're over here. Like, now let's now let's move on to my next one. Yeah, Bigfoot is their version of a pet. Ooh, a pet! And this has been brought up several times for several different things. Okay, that this is a creature that they have and they let out to roam and feed and maybe even breed on this planet. Yeah. This is a, their interventional kind of breeding ground. This is their feeding ground. They drop them off while they're going to the grocery store, or whatever. Their, their <laughs> version of chores. Yeah. So you take your dog to the dog park or you take your dog to the, you know, because they know they'll be fine here. Nothing can harm them. They're so much more advanced, biologically speaking. Yeah. But this is a good place for them to eat and hang out and maybe even meet other Sasquatch. It just seems uh, so disrespectful. To, to Bigfoot? Yeah. <laughs> yes. I'm just saying that it... <laughs> it's just a pet. Like, it's it's like our dog. Like, oh man, I mean, I I get, I can understand the theory, but I just cannot get down with that one. So these next two, oh, so what's your J percentage? point uh, 0.1%. Oh, and what was your percentage of them trying to catch Bigfoot? I don't remember. Oh, I think I said seven. Seven, yeah. Okay. Uh, so this, I'm going to kind of split it up into several different things. Yeah. It's kind of, they're going to be really similar but with slight differences. The first one is Bigfoot is a meat puppet. Okay. Joel. They, yeah. They meat are. Sex. It's basically a biological astronaut suit for these extra-dimensional or extraterrestrial creatures to use to explore the Earth's surface. Yeah. That they took some DNA, basically made a puppet that they can get out in the environment and operate. And a primate would be a really good thing. Mm-hmm. Very dexterous hands, super strength. You know, and they can survive in most climates on the planet. Right. Built for this world. Yes. And that's literally what a lot of people think that it's like a puppet used to get stuff done down here and like i said Mm. the one in south america literally when they weren't being seen by people Mm -hmm. they were just collecting dirt and plant samples right literally hundreds of people witnessed these little furry creatures collecting dirt and plant samples but when they seen people they'd become incredibly violent and that may be for them flipping the switch of being like we can't be seen yeah that's uh, that's that would be scary so is this what do you think about them being this kind of thing i can see that because i mean if you're a being from... From another dimension, like the Mothman, for example. We yeah. kind of both believe that he's from another dimension. If it's super radioactive there, and the lack of radioactivity here, as in background radiation, yeah, it would slowly kill you. Or, yeah, that, or even if you're just like... If you're that powerful of a being that you could create like a... I don't know, like a, a, a meat sack, like, being that you could embody and use, I would only imagine physically you're not the toughest... Uh, 
organism, I guess, because you're so advanced in the form of uh, like mind ability or intellect. Yeah, typically you're not like some hulking, strong creature that can physically fight off whatever might approach you. So it would be way more beneficial to create like if you're that advanced, you could create a biological being that either is a a drone of yourself or just uh, something biological you can create and then train and advance and to do whatever task needs to be done so i guess so like i said these next two i'm gonna have plus this one i just said yeah are kind of all very similar okay yeah so they're more of an organic piece of technology so like what you're saying it's an animal they created to train to do these tasks right and so it's not that they're piloting them like i guess the meat puppet would be that they're piloting right. this creature this next one, the, the organic piece of tech, is still an organic creature mm-hmm. that is created for this task, and you have to kind of train it more like like we kind of said with the dog. You yeah, know, it's not quite a pet, but it's a it's a, a thing that is a, has a job. Mm-hmm. So this is going from a pet to like a cattle dog, right? To where this this animal like thing has jobs that it's trained to do, right? Yeah, but it's still much lower intellect and it's creators. Right, or it could even be like pro like a programmed like robot kind of thing, but it's like all organic biologic. mesh. Yeah, yeah, I get that. So and I'll give you the last one before we get your percentages. Okay. So this is a lower class of extra-dimensional or extraterrestrial creature. Yeah. This is like their version of the working class, these big hulking hominoids. Okay. Uh that and then other UFO encounters have kind of shared that same information. These Sasquatch-like beings are a lower form of extraterrestrial that they are used as the working class. Right. Because they're big. They're not as smart. They're still much more intelligent than us, but they're not as smart as like Compared the to tall whites, the, the the Nordics, the uh, Pleiadians and stuff like that. Any of those. So they employ them yeah. to work for them. Yeah. And that kind of makes sense with some of the stories we talked about. Mm-hmm. They're the ones getting out to do the hard work because they're big, they're bulky, they're fast. Mm-hmm. And they might be, it might be like a relationship, like a, they might be on level ground, like, between each other but it's a working relationship they do the physical work where the other one will provide you know other you know work and quotes i don't know but they might provide something for each other like a coexisting relationship where it just they i don't know like i'm sure you know you can probably name some examples in nature that like two animals like work together yeah oh yeah i'm sure symbiotic there we go it might be a symbiotic relationship There's all kinds of good ones. Oh, I know. But I, I figured you would rattle one off. A sea anemone and a clownfish, probably the most famous one. There we go, yeah. So you, everybody knows what the clownfish gets out of it, but nobody really understands what the sea anemone gets out of it. So the clownfish, the colonies of clownfish often live inside of sea anemones. They actually live right on top of their mouth. Yeah. So the center of a sea anemone is the mouth. But sea anemones are animals. Yes. Uh, so they have stinging cells all over their body. They actually kind of filter feed to the water. They and pull stuff into their mouth to feed. Do the clownfish like just not get stung by it? They, yeah, they've developed immunity over time. Wow, okay. Uh, so every morning, like literally these clownfish have to go to this little area yeah. and rub their body on it to keep their immunity. Okay. And uh, it's a, kind of like a gel kind of thing that the, the sea anemone produces for them. Okay. Uh, and they also, the clownfish get a safe place to live. Yep. And they collect extra food off of the sea anemone. Okay. What does the sea anemone get out of it? Hmm, the clownfish's poop? No. Oh. Butterfly fish have specially evolved to be immune to sea anemone stings, just like the clownfish. Okay. But butterfly fish eat the sea anemone. So you have a whole bunch of clownfish that will literally rip apart a butterfly fish. Ah, okay. So the they literally they see these little butterfly fish coming at them. The butterfly fish have that really long, thin nose. Yeah. And so they can get in and pick at the clownfish or the sea anemone's mouth. Gotcha. 
So these clownfish will literally rip apart this like butterfly fish. So they're bodyguards. Yeah, exactly. They're just protecting their home. Yeah. So I got to live. Okay, gotcha. If like your cabin in the woods was alive, yeah, you'd be the guy with the shotgun inside. The the clownfish would be. Another weird fact. This is not symbiotic, or mostly not symbiotic relationships. But we're gonna do an episode about cryptic parasites soon. Mm-hmm. And parasites. There are two species of parasite for every one species of non-parasite on the planet. Mm. Interesting. Ain't that crazy? It's a little crazy. All right. So what are you, what are we going for, Meat Puppet? What percentage? Oh, I like this one. I like this one. Um, I'm breaking them into all three. 39% for sure, at least. All right. Organic <laughs> technology. As in, it's still a sentient or an animal-like creature or a sentient-like creature, but it is designed for this world to do work. 27%. Now, a lesser or a different species of alien or interdimensional creature being used for this work. 36%. Mm, so the meat pup's the highest. Yeah. Is that, did I say that or did I say 37 on the one, first one? 39, I don't remember. I don't even remember. 39 is what I you should, said. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, yeah. Okay, you ready for this next one? Okay. All right, give me one second. I gotta get into character. Oh, Okay. It's the Nephilim, baby. Oh, <laughs> yeah! I can't. I was gonna do that. Start laughing. All right, Joel, if you're listening to this, that's us picking on you for the episode. Joel Thomas from oh. Kill the Mockingbirds. Okay. Ready? I'm gonna do mine. Ready? Yeah. Oh, it's a Sasquatch coming down from the UFO. He's got two Uzis in his hand. He's he's coming in hot. <laughs> he's shooting the. He's shooting these white things. All right. He's dog men. Right. He's coming in hot. We he's, love Joel. He's so and hot, his eyes are glowing red. <laughs> that sound like Joel? Not really, but it was okay. funny. Okay. <laughs> Remember, my eyes hurt. He's coming in no, from so the, the UFO. Nephilim. The Nephilim. Nephilim beings. That, I mean, so okay. So I actually had this thought when we were talking about it. So, uh, or when you were calling, one, retelling one of the stories with the Nordics mm-hmm. or the whatever that being was, and then having the other creature in the ship. So, like. I think we've mentioned it before, like in the Bible, they talk about like the hairy man. I mm-hmm. think Esau was his name, E-S-A-U, forget what verse or book, I don't remember at all. But I remember them talking about the, um, him and his brother, Esau was born covered in hair. He was a hairy person, and his brother was like you and I, you know, all humans on mm-hmm. earth are uh, hairless pr- for the most part. They don't have... So they were separated, and you know he lived. The Esau lived in as a wild man, you know, and there was a separate, civilized, we'll quote, you know, hairless one. I forget his name. I, I should probably have it's okay. researched this somewhere. But anyways, that that part is in there. So you don't I'm, even know what the topic was today. How are you going to research? Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> but um, with I was thinking, like, what if like these beings are from you know biblical times that they talked about in the Bible. And here they are still having their relationship together on this ship. And who's to say a ship isn't, you know, the flying, you know, the angels they talk about in the Bible with the spinning disc with the, the multiple eyes, the, the wheels and the eyes. Wheels. How, would, how do we not know, like, that could just be a description of a UFO that these beings might already be in? They might have existed throughout time. They've just always been here. We're just not visited or see. We just don't see them very often because we're not really supposed to. We're... We're here to experience, right. you know, Earth and whatever. But you see these things, and maybe they're here for a reason. Maybe they're here to send a message. But I don't know. What if it's something like that So what you're getting at with that first story, or not the first story, the story with the lady in the trailer that's seen both beings. Yeah. 
It's just, that's literally they're the same quote unquote type of being. Yeah. With two different types being expressed. Phenotypes. Phenotypes. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> I didn't want to take your word from you. Right. Yeah. But I mean, that's what that's what popped into my head at first. And like Joel talks about a lot with the Nephilim and stuff like that. Like yeah. Their breeding programs and whatever they do in these like mm. kind of pocket dimensions. Mm-hmm. That that's what like all these giants through time. Like not all giants were through the Bible were produced by Nephilim, but a good chunk of them were. And that's this may be Nephilim offspring or stuff like that, and they have they have this option for all this extra technology and whatnot. Right. Yeah. And that's what people are experiencing. A different division of whatever these other beings are, just slivers of I don't know different, like you said, phenotypes or different expressions of what they are, like kind of how we are today. I mean, Mm -hmm. there's so many different people out there, like countless. So yeah, and people don't realize that that the human race is one species. With yeah. many different phenotypes expressed. Yeah. Like, uh, like I mean, scientifically talking, like an African-American, uh, a white, and an Asian are all very different types of phenotypes. Yeah. But when you look at their genetics, they're almost identical. Right. Um, I so think... phenotypes just means expressed traits. Yeah. So we all have the same traits and just means uh, what, what basically what's turned on and what's turned off. Mm-hmm. So like melanin production. That's mm-hmm. why people that live in climates that generally have a lot more sun, have a lot more melanin, so they can reflect the sun. I guess so. Yes. I, don't, I don't know. So that's what makes like people darker. <laughs> right, right, right. Melanin I get that. cells. Yeah, yeah. So it's literally it, these people, these groups of people that live in the climates that have a lot more dense sunlight for a lot longer periods of time, they have to have more melanin or they get more diseases. They get more, you know, they get burns and stuff like that. Right, yeah. Or it's like my dad in the at the beach in the summer. It looks like a lobster. <laughs> oh, gosh. It looks like a one-eyed, scar-faced lobster. And I don't understand. He... Does not and will refuse to wear sunscreen. He will refuse. He will get burned. He's from when Ohio used to catch on fire constantly. <laughs> or get buried in eight feet of snow. <laughs> so what do you put, what percentage do you put on the Nephilim? So um, Nephilim or can I say biblical beings? Can we put it there? Like biblical times, sure. ancient times, old world? Sure. How about that? I, that I can get down with. So what's the percentage? Give Fif- me my number. 51. Ooh. This is a big one. Because I really do think, I do think Joel... From Kill the Mockingbirds is on to something. If you listen back to our episode on I'm, Tony's he, show he is just with the portal babies. So much more knowledgeable in this subject than yeah. anybody I know. Oh, for sure. For it's, sure. We love picking on him because he's a good buddy of ours. Oh, yeah. But literally, it's like I he talks over my head with it. Like literally when we were sitting at, we were ice fishing, sitting at dinner. Yeah. He's talking about this stuff and I'm like, this is what it's like to be around me when I get on like a fish kick. <laughs> That's so funny. Nobody knows anything I'm saying. Yeah, I know. But you're in deep. Mm-hmm. You're in deep, and you're. You gotta uh, yeah. finish it. You gotta finish it. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. So what? what you're going fifty-one on the Nephilim. Nephilim or, Nephilim or, or biblical beings. Biblical right? beings, old world beings. I kind of lump them all together. Ready for my next one? Second to last. Yeah. Yeah. They just happen to be in the same area. Just same place, same time. Because we've talked about all this weird phenomena over yeah. the years. That happen in the same area at the same time, and it may not be related. Mm-hmm. Just like maybe these are portal areas; these are areas of weaker dimensional walls. Mm-hmm. And this is just stuff like Bigfoot's leaking through, Mothman's leaking through, orbs are leaking through, UFOs are leaking through. And like this makes me think of, uh, uh, well, I can't. I'm gonna say it kind of um, skin. Dot dot dot. Walker Texas Ranger Ranch. Um, that's what I refer to it as. But they have Bigfoot and UFO sightings. Exactly. So. What I guess I'm getting at is that they are not necessarily connected, but they are all symptoms of the same thing. Uh, yeah, I'm just a product of that environment where yeah. there, it just might be a super high energy 
area and, and then it's just kicking out all these types of things from all these di- different types of places it blends all the all the walls all the worlds yeah all the different dimensions together in your mind you just cannot uh separate one from the other it's just all existing at the same time uh, and they might not even be here physically i mean maybe they are but who knows i mean how many people would describe bigfoot like morphing into trees and bigfoot just disappearing and stuff like that right yeah i mean they're here but it just might be an energy thing an energetic projection mm-hmm. there you go what's your percentage portal areas 41 mm. i like it i like it so, i think i'm over 100 percent on all these yes somebody <laughs> needs to go through and add them all up <laughs> now here's one for you we've never out of all of these things we've never really thought of the bigfoot as being the pilots. Yeah, I know, right? They're the ones that are running the show. And like like I said, if... Uh, Think about it. If you're working with Nordics, or you're working these little Pleiadians, and you're seven, eight foot tall, muscular, and you just punch a Pleiadian into like, dust... This is mine now. Like, revolt. What if Bigfoot are the interdimensional beings? What if they are the pilots? The men in black, the other aliens, the greys, they all work for them. Ooh. Ooh. Now that's... That's quite the theory. That's what I'm saying. What if what if they're the pilots? The Bigfoots are the ex- the one in the Wisconsin was not. It was a dogman trying to operate. Yeah, uh, that was. It's like the Bigfoot got killed or hit by a semi, and the dogman's <laughs> like, "I gotta get out of here." Yeah, I don't know how these buttons work. Or like you said, it could have came down and like something's wrong with the ship, and it's like fixing, fixing, fixing. Here comes this guy. Oh gosh, hurry, hurry, hurry. Reattaches. First day on the job. Hot wires to wire something together and it takes off. My first day on the job. This happens. (laughs) Now, so what do you think about them being the pilots? Oh, well, I think it's very much a possibility, especially if it, you know, with my thought or theory of it being like a old world being, like humanoid, human being, human type being. Why not? Why wouldn't it be capable of having technology or? you know, jumping to that side of the spectrum rather than being a natural, you know, man of the woods, but being just an advanced being, just like any of these others, you can't rule that out. I mean, why not? Yeah, I'll put that, I'll put it at, you know, 41%. We're at like 300% now. Okay. So that's pretty much been the Bigfoot connection with the UFO, at least an introduction to this topic. Yeah. Because we didn't cover, we, I only took, picked, they're relatively small stories. And they're all pretty interesting, too. Yeah, there no, there wasn't no dog in the bunch besides the one I really butchered there at the end. I was doing so good. The uh, Russian one, yeah. Yeah. But it's just weird because it's more common than I think most people, especially in the Sasquatch field, realize. And probably the biggest thing with the Bigfoot community right now as a whole is that some like half the Bigfoot community is ignoring the side of it. Yeah. And the other half the Bigfoot community wants it all to be connected to this. Yeah. Oh, we, I think there's problems on both sides like that. There's another one you hadn't even mentioned yet, huh. possibility. So what if... Oh, gosh. What if, and this could be separated into two maybe separate ones. What if, like, you know, remember the first story, I had that beam of light shining down. What if whatever these crafts were, what if the crafts were one just alive themselves, an organic being? Oh, I did forget that. I didn't even thought about that earlier. And it's we talked about with uh, the mushroom UFOs. Yeah. That they're just, this is the psychic phenomena you're experiencing because you're getting higher well, than a giraffe's it, ankles. It, yes, it could be. Yeah, that's not that. The ankles aren't that high, are they? Higher, than, higher than normal ankles, I'll tell you that. Well, that's true. Higher than a giraffe's bum. Let's put it that way. That's pretty high up there. No, that you, like, literally, like, Betty Barney Hill, they experienced, like, the Nordic-type bailings, expanding them around the ship. Yeah. And then and attacking Barney. They could be, be making you see these things. Or what if they're psychically projecting this 
being down what if that beam of light was their psychic projection like you could just literally see the beam that was coming down putting or this thing out or or mushroom ufos are the main natural predator of sasquatch oh yeah and sasquatch is like running fearing booking this. it he That's knows why they got the orbs the only thing I can... see the orbs are actually floating mushroom eggs oh wait okay let's yeah, let's actually explore this for a second because the orbs are floating mushroom eggs and the sasquatch eat them Oh, okay. Now you're so the mushrooms hunt down the Sasquatch to eat them. Well, okay, that's a theory. Okay, I was thinking though, like, okay, Sasquatch. If it's probably an apex, you know, being here on Earth, correct? What could, what could, if Sasquatch was a true biological being, or even you know has supernatural abilities, what's more dangerous than it? What couldn't it kill? You gotta remember, it's from the last ice age. Yeah. Uh, a lot of stuff was eating or killing Sasquatch. Literally, some guy did really cool art. And I, I wish I knew his name. Yeah. Uh, a Sasquatch from the last Ice Age running into a short-faced bear. See, I, don't, I think if you get a couple of them, they could take, no, a, they could take a that's, short. No, that's different. Yeah. This was Sasquatch versus one Sasquatch versus one, one short-faced short bear. bear. And a short-faced bear would wreck a Sasquatch. One-on-one, it would. Maybe. maybe. But Sasquatch are so fast. But you gotta and they got hands. He yeah. could just like sidestep him. This is the same fight. Jump with on its back and a modern get him in day a gorilla hole. versus a modern day grizzly bear. The grizzly will win. I don't know. I think whoever gets the first blow in first. No, will. I don't think. I don't. I do not think a gorilla can hit a grizzly bear hard enough for the first time. He's got to, to choke him out. He's got to choke him out. You can't reach around that neck. Do you understand how big a grizzly bear is? Do yeah. you understand how big a short faced bear is? Do you know how big a ten foot Sasquatch arms are? So anyway, he did a really cool art of like the. It's called the final moment. Yeah. Of literally this gigantic short face bear raising up yeah. over this older Sasquatch. Yeah. And the Sasquatch is just looking up at it. Well, let me still get to my theory, yes. though. Because you're wrecking it. So, yes. At, so, right now, there's not a lot that can hurt. So, they know. So, physically, nothing could. But mentally, something could probably wreck a Sasquatch. And what would that be? What would be the apex mental predator on this planet that we theorize could exist? Uh, organic UFO, a mushroom UFO. If it if it can mess with your mind or mental, I mean, that would wreck a Sasquatch because it'd make him drive so him psychotic. What is he doing then? What what's the goal for the mushroom in this? So the mushroom's like, okay, I, I want to eat. Th- I want to. So like, if they're let's just say they're natural enemies because the one can mess with the other, you know what I mean, and screw up whatever, you know, it's feeding grounds, hunting grounds, something. So now they're like natural enemies because they can both psychically project. I don't know warfare towards each other so they're just natural enemies so when what you see maybe they just stumbled across a fight about to take place or a territory you know like a turf war a sasquatch an organic mushroom ufo I turf feel like war. we're gonna have this conversation later so we're gonna stop it there that, there's my theory that's what i'm gonna settle on it's i a, have been the great and powerful mystery and i've been Opening your mind's eye, Jay. And once again, thank you guys for listening to Curds of the Corn podcast. We greatly appreciate you. Please leave a five-star review. Yes. You don't have to leave a comment, but we really would appreciate those reviews. It really helps the show out greatly. Yeah, leave us a comment on any form of social media or on our reviews. I mean, that'd be great. All right. And remember, anything is possible. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Crips of the Corn podcast. Please share with a friend you think would like us. It's the best way to help our show grow. Leave a comment, rate us, a five-star review. And remember, 
there is always extra content on Patreon slash CryptoTheCorn.com. And don't forget, stay magical. 